I'm a firm believer in people are at the epicenter of everything we do, right? Everything we do should be people first. And so the internal newsletter is an opportunity to engage people, recognize people, communicate with people, support people, recognize the vision, mission, values of your organization, reinforce your culture. In today's post-COVID, if you will, world, so many people are either hybrid or remote or just widespread because you're an organization that may have 500 plus stores across the country that you got to reach people where they want to be. And there has to be a way to share news with what's happening in Florida with your stores in Wisconsin. And those associates may never talk, but they could learn about what's happening in each other's markets via this newsletter. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast, the unique podcast series where we flip the marketing conversation from external to internal, exploring all the ways that companies can build the brand and drive growth by marketing to their most powerful brand advocates. That's right, their very own employees. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I'm very happy to be bringing you another episode where we'll be exploring how having your very own internal company newsletter can help you to level up your internal marketing game. But before we get started, remember that an audit is the very first step of any great internal communication strategy. Even if your team hasn't formally put together a plan in the past, your organization has developed channels, patterns, and processes organically. And it's crucial to understand how information is flowing. Starting with an audit can tell you where you might be missing the mark with current communications, including gaps in information, misunderstandings, overlooked teams, and ignored channels. Head on over to useworkshop.com marketing to learn more and to download their complete seven-step guide to running an impressive internal communications audit. And of course, Workshop is the global sponsor of season three of the Internal Marketing Podcast. So thank you, Workshop. I'm happy to have you on board. So let's jump into this conversation with my featured guest, Jamie Levin. Jamie is a communication strategist, and she'll be sharing with us how you can start, grow, and leverage your very own internal newsletter. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Carrie Ann. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be a great conversation. And I know we connected on LinkedIn, right? Yes. And in our conversations, when we started to talk about the whole matter of internal marketing, internal communications, you brought up the concept of the newsletter. And I feel like most companies probably have some version of a newsletter right now. But I think it's still a good topic to have a conversation around because I think there's an opportunity for folks to take a step back and reassess if they have a newsletter already, reassess whether the newsletter is achieving the objective that they have in mind for it, or for those companies that don't have a newsletter and are probably thinking about it, how they can get started and how can they make their internal newsletter something awesome. And so I think this is going to be a great conversation. And I, as always, I love to start out with a level setting question, Jamie, and I like the level setting questions because I never always want to assume that our audience and we here are on the same page. So I'd love to start out by asking you, Jamie, could you define for us what's an internal newsletter and why do companies even have them anyway? 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, look, an internal newsletter doesn't have to be your old, old age, age old, whatever way you want to talk about it, newsletter, right? It doesn't have to be the written publication anymore. It's, it's an opportunity to share news you can use with what I like to refer to as associates because I don't like the word employees. So it's just a great opportunity to leverage the written word. Um, again, we're pivoting a little bit with our definition of newsletter. So sometimes the spoken word to get that Get the word out, get the news across, share, share great stories, engagement, engagement, engagement. Like it is such an opportunity to engage your associates, share positive things about what you have going on within the organization um, and do so in a way that people can digest it when it works for them, right? It doesn't have to be the moment they get the email. If you're sending it the email, let them read it when it works for them or print it out and read it later. I love the fact that you mentioned that it's an opportunity, Jamie, because in some circles, I feel like internal newsletters are probably having a crisis of reputation. I mean, do you believe that they're declining in popularity any at all or has it kind of done its time? Yeah, I mean, look, as someone who's really passionate about internal communications, I'm always praying that the internal newsletter doesn't go away. But I did have to do a gut check recently. And so I did a LinkedIn survey, right, just super informal to say, do you still read your organization's internal newsletter? I was presently surprised and also extremely happy that 73% of people still said they do. So again, is, you know, a PDF attachment internal newsletter, does that work for everyone? Not necessarily. So it's okay to pivot. It doesn't have to be the definition of just like we've pivoted with how we receive the news today. It's not always via the newspaper when however many years ago, we wouldn't think about anything like a podcast or a blog or social media. And that's the way that a lot of people receive their news. So so I don't think the internal newsletter's dead. I just think it's thinking about what works best for your audience and pivoting. But again, be mindful of every single audience member because you may have some team members who are tied to their computer and then you may have other team members who you don't want them at a computer. They're supposed to be interacting with customers. So think about the way that people like to receive news and be mindful of that. And then that's how you build upon your strategy on what's the best way to share the news via your internal newsletter. I love the fact that you mentioned pivoting because it's so very important to recognize that when you're communicating, you're communicating to an audience. And if how you've traditionally done it is not continuing to connect with that audience, then it's time to pivot. And as we're talking about internal newsletters, people tend to think email these days. Back in the day, the newsletter was probably something that was printed out and dropped in everybody's internal mailbox. Now email is probably the most popular medium by which internal newsletters are circulated. But can you say how newsletters have been evolving? Right. I mean, I think the newsletter used to be like the newspaper, right? Try to pack as much information in as you can to reach as many people as you can to make sure you touch upon every subject that you possibly can. We're not wired that way anymore, right? You have about 11 seconds to capture someone's attention. So, so many companies these days are using Slack channels and team channels and umpteen million other channels to communicate. So, it's okay to share things in bite-sized information. Or if you know your audience listen to things and tune into things, 
it's okay to leverage an internal podcast like you alluded to earlier, Carrie Ann, to deliver that news. Just because by definition or by spelling, newsletter has the word letter in it doesn't mean it has to necessarily be written out. But again, be mindful of every audience because not everybody has access to email. So there still are some organizations that are still needing to print out their newsletters. So they still have to attach it. You can't just do little blurbs in HTML and so that people can have access to the information in their break rooms. So again, it's really just important to consider all audiences when you're doing this internal newsletter. Very, very important. And for those folks listening, Jamie, who say, I'd love to strengthen employee engagement, or I may have a newsletter that's going already, or we don't have a newsletter, and maybe it's something that we should be considering, or we have been considering it. Why should companies consider either starting or retaining a newsletter as part of their internal comms, internal marketing arsenal? What's your why for the newsletter? Yeah, I'm a firm believer in people are at the epicenter of everything we do, right? Everything we do should be people first. And so the internal newsletter is an opportunity to engage people, recognize people, communicate with people, support people, recognize the vision, mission, values of your organization, reinforce your culture. In today's post-COVID, if you will, world, so many people are either hybrid or remote or just widespread because you're an organization that may have 500 plus stores across the country that you got to reach people where they want to be. And there has to be a way to share news with what's happening in Florida with your stores in Wisconsin. Um, And those associates may never talk, but they could learn about what's happening in each other's markets via this newsletter. They certainly can. It's such a great way to engage and reach folks, especially if you're like a a regional or multinational type of organization. It's such a powerful way to get folks engaged and informed and connected. Again, talking about internal marketing, the ultimate objective of internal marketing, Jamie, as you know, is to engage employees to ultimately be able to deliver on the brand promise and be advocates of the brand externally to the external target customer. And when we talk about an internal newsletter as a wonderful tool of engagement, how does an internal newsletter support our external comms and marketing outcomes? Yeah, word of mouth marketing is still really strong. And your associates are some of your best brand ambassadors. So if your associates are excited about what's going on and what they're learning about, about their company from their internal newsletter, they're going to go home and tell someone, or they're going to go out to dinner and they're going to talk to someone. And depending on what your industry is, anybody's a potential customer. So like the more people are hearing about your brand, as long as it's in a positive way, the better. Um, I also just think there's so much opportunity to again, learn about positive things that are going on within the company. So let's just say your company is contributing to a community initiative and supporting like a great nonprofit and someone hears about it. Well, maybe media will be interested in it. Maybe it's a great PR opportunity. 
And just the idea of attracting and retaining talent. I mean, just because something's published in an internal newsletter doesn't necessarily mean, unless it's recognized in, on that article, that it's proprietary information. So look, I'm not telling everybody to go share their whole internal newsletter. Or a lot of us have that disclaimer at the bottom of our email, so we're not able to forward it. But there is some content in there that should be shared on social channels from an attracting talent perspective. I mean, if I'm doing associate questionnaires and my associates are saying the most amazing things about my company, why wouldn't I want to share that? Why wouldn't the associate want people to know that they're proud of the company that they work for? And then they can also become a brand ambassador by engaging with that content. I just think like, like mind blown, right? Like you're hearing from the voice of the associate why they love to work there. As an HR person, if I were one, I'd be like, oh, great. They're the voice of the company. And like now their friends are going to know that they love working here. So maybe there's an opportunity there. I, there are just so many opportunities to leverage some of that internal content. Again, that's not proprietary externally. Absolutely agreed on that. When we talk about our employees or associates, as you say, you can think of them like your army of communicators that's pushing your brand message out there. I mean, it's so powerful when you think that you have a group of people who virtually live and work together every single day. They are engaged in the mission, the vision, and the purpose of the company. They believe in it. And most importantly, they know what's going on. And once you have that deep level of engagement, also brought about by the awareness that the internal newsletter is generating, they can share that. And, and as a marketer, I know I can tell you, when your people share that kind of information, that kind of content externally, again, once it's not proprietary, as you say, <laughs> but once they start to share it, it gets through in a far more efficient and effective way than if it were to come through the company account. When you think about, let's say we had some kind of environmental cleanup activity and we were out there and the company account, we would have taken our pictures and posted them. Happy to support the environmental organization. We put it out there. It lands very, very differently when an associate, a member of the team, they're part of the cleanup or they're sharing their experience and connection to the cleanup to their network of friends, family, and colleagues, it lands very, very differently on the audience. It's seen as far more authentic. It drives deeper engagement mm -hmm. because you see the individualized connection to the activity than just the company going out there and with you know a nice big sign lit up in the sky saying, hey, we did this. Right. When the associates do it, when the employees do it, it's so much more powerful. So I'm in total agreement with you. Jamie, again, there are some folks listening who may not have their own newsletter yet. And based on this conversation, or they've probably been toying with the idea for some time, what are the first set of steps a company needs to take in order to implement their very own internal newsletter? How can they go about doing that? The power of your people. Again, right, I go back to what do they want to know? Don't just assume, because we know what assuming does, right? Don't just assume that you know what they want to read about. So I'd say, you know, crawl before you walk. First, of course, you have to make sure that you are committed to it. Do not go out saying you're doing a monthly newsletter understandably so if you can't it's okay not to have monthly or some people like weekly quarterly could work 
Every other month could work. Again, just consider your audience, commit to it first. Don't let people down. Don't start some great initiative and then everybody wonder where it goes because then you're going to lose your momentum. You're going to have one great newsletter and then everything's crickets, right? Um, but I would say surveys are great. Um, focus groups are wonderful. You don't have to keep, can, commit to anything yet, but just better understand what's important to your associates. Again, how they like to receive their news. Do they do they want a lengthy five you know fifteen page newsletter? Um, would they like a five page newsletter that can be printed? Would they prefer that um, it's a, an HTML email that they can view? Do they need to be able to print it? I mean, people still are using snail mail, believe it or not, and, and reaching people at their homes. Is there an opportunity to also have a quarterly one that reaches people at their homes? And then I would say, you know, go to companies that you respect, especially as a communicator, and see if they're open to having a conversation and sharing best practices or are you part of any communications councils where you can share best practices and learn from one another? People are nice and they're willing to, you know, if you're committed to communications and the idea of internal, I think we're there to support one another and share ideas. So I think being vocal and talking to other people, your internal people and external people is really important and a really good place to start. I love that. And you mentioned the point about surveys, because I think that definitely has a place when you talk about speaking to your fo folks internally to find out how would they like to consume content. And I know for us, for instance, we we wanted to understand newsletter readership, open rate, and just whether folks were interested in what it is we were saying in the newsletters. And it was really very powerful to get that kind of feedback that allowed us to go in and make some much needed changes. And speaking of much needed changes, so we just spoke to companies who don't have a newsletter and what are some of the steps they can take to get started. For those who have a newsletter and just feel like maybe the newsletter has kind of lost steam, what in your view are some of the things they can do to breathe new life into their newsletters and, and have it enjoy the kind of growth and engagement and achieve the overall internal comms objectives, internal marketing objectives that it probably otherwise would have had? As you just mentioned, engagement rates are huge, right? So if you're able to look at those open rates, if, you, if you're able to get that data, um, even if you're able to get to the data to the level of where you're able to see where people are clicking or for how long they're staying on a story, um, that's really useful information. So I would use that to guide your next step. Again, survey just because you do a survey one time does not mean you're finished. So keep doing those surveys, keep doing those focus groups, but be mindful of also incorporating some of the perspective and some of the feedback because you don't want your team members to feel like they feel like they're contributing. And yeah, you might be hearing them, but you're not listening to them. So I think really being mindful of that. Another great way to make sure that you're keeping your team members engaged is to have an opportunity where there's an email alias when it's whether it's communications at whatevercompany.com and they also can submit stories um, because you'll get some good some great stories there and also team members will be like oh wow I submitted a story about participating in a 5k relay to benefit cancer research and so I was able to recognize that my team did it with me and supported me and oh wow it made it to the newsletter that's really cool. 
again, I would make sure you're considering your audience. Just because a print newsletter worked for you two years ago does not mean it works for you today, especially in thinking about a post-COVID world um, where many of your team members may be remote. They may not need that print newsletter anymore, especially if you don't have break rooms. And also just continuing to talk to committees, people on committees that you may be on, as well as companies that you respect, just like we alluded to when you're talking about starting your newsletter, communication is ongoing. I mean, any of us, like you, myself, we all know it it doesn't stop. We're continuing to refine and evolve. And so all of your channels have to do that also. It's okay that what worked two years ago doesn't work anymore. That's how life's supposed to work. So just be mindful, be open to constructive criticism and silly things like, do you want to have a name the newsletter contest, right? Where you can say to your associates, hey, our newsletter was called so-and-so news, but we're looking to you to rename it. And so there's a survey and there's a contest or Maybe there's an opportunity for graphic designers, if you have them in your company, to design it and then recognizing them, just spicing it up a little bit and always bringing it back to the people, I think will help with engagement and just refining that process and that newsletter. I love those ideas that you mentioned about the name, the newsletter contest. I like that because, again, it's not just about one-way communication, right, where you're just kind of spitting stuff out. If you continue to incorporate activities that help people to see their role in the process. Speaking of engagement, and I know we've been saying and using that word a lot in this discussion, Jamie, how do I even know that my internal newsletter is working? I mean, what are some of the KPIs, measurement strategies, metrics, or things that I can be looking at and tracking to assess whether or not my newsletter is achieving its objective? Great question. And often when in communications, I mean, when you think about it, everyone's like, what's your ROI? And it's kind of hard sometimes to to share that information. So think of ways that you can capture data, right? So again, through the idea of surveys or even contests or random drawings, if you have to call them that legally, right, within your newsletter. So is there some contest that you can recognize in your newsletter that only team members who read the newsletter would know about? Um, that can, of course, help with engagement and also tell you either what types of people from a position perspective, of course, are reading the newsletter or are they in a certain location and they're reading it more or are they a corporate associate or a field associate and they're engaged more. Um, Open rates, again, if you have access to that data is really telling. Um, And again, even being able to dial down to where on the page they're clicking or where in the email they're clicking or how long they're staying on a certain topic. Are people submitting story ideas, right? So if you have that that channel whereby people can constantly submit story ideas and it's, it's reinforced in every single newsletter, again, whether it's monthly or quarterly, that you can submit stories, are people submitting stories? And then are, once you share on social media, are people interacting with that? And, and are team members encouraged to share some of the information on social media? And if they are encouraged to do so, are they? Um, again, these are all measurable. The open rates are great, but if you don't have the platform to do so, there's some fiscally responsible ways or sometimes in the world of communications, we like to call that free because our budgets aren't always so hefty. Um, ways to track 
to track information and get really helpful hints on what's working and what's not. And again, this key idea that we've talked about quite a few times of where we need to pivot and how do we need swiftly pivot to make sure that we're doing the best job in reaching people. I love those suggestions. And it really comes down to doing a nice communications audit, you know, just making sure that all the things that we say we want to do with the newsletter, they're happening. And I I love some of those you would have raised as well, not just open rate, which is very important, but are they actually taking the steps or completing the actions of intent? As you say, if there's stuff they should be sharing, are they actually sharing it? All of the things that demonstrate that not only are they reading it, but they're engaging in it, they're taking action, I think is a wonderful way to measure. You know, Jamie, this has been a wonderful conversation. And before we begin to wrap up, I always like to ask my guests to share with us What's that key takeaway, that key nugget? You would have shared so many great tips and insights with us in this conversation, but for everyone who is listening, who you'd want them to come away with that one nugget, that one takeaway that you think is most important for them to come away with having listened to everything you would have shared, what would that be? Everything comes back to people. People, whether it's engaging people, your audience, what's important to one person may not be important to another, how this impacts your culture, which is made up of your people. Again, I just think teammates can't be underestimated. Everything comes back to people. And anyone who has been listening and following this podcast, I'm sure would agree because without our people, without them being engaged, without them being empowered, without them buying into who we say we are and why we exist as a company, if they can't buy into it, then how can we expect our customers to buy into it? That's probably not going to happen. So everything starts with our people. Thank you so much, Jamie. It has just been a pleasure having you here for this conversation. And as always, I invite my wonderful guests to tell us how can we, the internal marketing tribe, support you? I would just say support communications in general and fight for it. Again, it's hard for us communications people to often share our ROI. Sometimes there's not really numbers behind us, right? Like we can tell you, oh, we got, I'm going to go external on you here, but we can tell you we got a media hit in XY publication. And if you were to purchase an advertisement, it would cost this number of thousands of dollars. Um, But it's hard to really put a value on communication. So I would say support communications in general and just the power of internal communications and being committed to continuing to do it. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'm and I'm sure everyone's listening will answer with a resounding yes. Jamie, how can we find you? How can we connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Jamie Levin. I try to be pretty active and I'd be happy to connect with any of your viewers. Yes, folks, go and follow Jamie on LinkedIn and continue the conversation if you found this interesting. And Jamie, again, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your taking the time 
to be here and to share with us your great insights as we covered the whole matter of how internal newsletters can play such a crucial role in how we are engaging our team members. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast. I hope you got some great takeaways from this conversation. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, then please join the tribe. And don't forget, feel free to share this podcast with anyone whom you believe will find it valuable as well. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I look forward to your joining me next time.